0: Let's give the Lord a shout of praise in this place, come on, if he's faithful, if you know he loves you, come on now, praise God, he's so good, amen, you guys can take your seats here in person, and uh, man, welcome to church, who's excited they came to church today, come on now, I know I am worship team. Great job on uh, leading us into his love and his presence. But uh, hey, if you're joining us online as well, uh, welcome to Alive Family Church. We're so glad that we can be in any location but gather together and lift up the name of Jesus and open up his word and and grow. Amen. I'm really, really excited to be here with you guys. So good to see all of you as well. And uh, we're starting a brand new series that we've titled Both And. Everybody say both and both and. And some of you might be like, what is this all about? If you've been around alive for any length of time, probably at one point or another, whether on stage or off stage or whatnot, you've heard Pastor Eric and I, or even maybe some of our staff say, that's a both and, right? And for some of us, we get that. For some of us, maybe maybe that concept's a little foreign to you, but I hope by the end of this, even message today, but more importantly this month that we're going to spend diving into the scriptures, that we'd realize that that phrase is often the right response when we look at The whole counsel of God's word concerning different issues and things that he's called us to do and live out in our lives, that often it is a both and with God, that there's two things working together to really produce fruit in our life. And and why are we talking about this? Let's just be real for a second. We live in a very polarizing culture right now, do we not? Very polarized, right? Which means there is major pressure on all of us to be on the either or side of things, to pick a side, to choose a side, a a my way or the highway, take it or leave it kind of culture. And yes, that might be the reality of our culture. We can't ignore that. We can't hide under a rock and wish it away or pray it away. We have to encounter that. And as believers, we have to journey through that. But I think it's important to realize that as, as Christians, as Christ has called us, we need to be careful not to let that polarizing culture seep into our heart amen to, to seep into the way we live life are we getting keys right now yeah I, I'm, I'm hearing a hum either the lord's coming back and that's the trumpet out there and we're just a little muted or whatnot we can take care of that in a second uh, i don't know if you guys are hearing that online i apologize that will be fixed in a second but uh, uh what i was talking about is hey we need to be careful not to let that polarizing stuff creep into the church creep into our hearts, creep in the way we, we respond to people, we act, we treat people. Because when we look at the full counsel of God's word, I am fully persuaded and convinced that we often see a both and situation, right? And, and I, here's what I want us to realize today, that God desires us as followers of him to live in the healthy tension, to be okay living in the tension, because it's not easy, of the both and because let's be real, it's easier to choose one side or the other, amen? It's easier to be on this side or that side, to scream this or to scream that, to think that or to think that. It's way easier to just pick a side. It's a lot tougher to straddle the line and to walk that out with a healthy balance of a little bit of both and. And so I believe God's calling us as a body of believers to grow up spiritually in him. And I believe as we do that, we'll see that, man, there's this tension of both and that we're going to have to live in. And, and for us to be a witness to the outside world, we have to embrace this. We have to understand that the, the either or way really isn't getting it done when it comes to sharing the love of Christ with those that are far from God. And so we're going to talk about a lot of great things, a lot of great number of topics in this series this month. Some of the things that we're going to look at the both and on are the natural and the supernatural working together in our lives. We're going to look at evangelism and discipleship and how to grow in the Lord. We're going to look at faith and patience and how those two can actually work together for our God. We're going to look at generosity and blessing of the Lord and how those both work together. But today I'm really honored. This is a heavy one, all right? And, and, and I'm excited because I think it's a word that's needed for all of us as believers. And I believe it's gonna help us in our journey as we want to share Christ with others in our community. I'm gonna talk about truth and love today, all right? Truth and love. Everybody say truth. Everybody say love. We're talking about both and and how to walk those out in our life. Let's, Let's go to the Lord in prayer to just ask him to touch our hearts, open our hearts, open our minds to receive as we open up the scriptures this morning in a powerful way. Father, we love you so much and we just thank you for your presence that's already here. Lord God, we thank you that even online, there's no distance in the spirit. And Lord, as we dial in with your word today, Lord, I pray that you would lead us and guide us, that it would be that lamp to our feet, or the light to our path to illuminate the way we should go. Help us live in the tension of the both and between truth and love. Show us what that means from your word today. And more importantly, empower us and help us walk this out actually in our lives father we love you so much we thank you that you're always good on your word and you always watch over to perform it and so today we leave changed in Jesus name everybody agreed said amen amen all right so hey so we're talking about truth in love today and I I think I think you'd be honest uh, we could all agree that both truth and love are both good things amen Like, they're both really good things. And when I'm talking about truth and love, let's quickly define a couple things here. When I'm talking about truth this morning, I'm talking about God's Word, right? We know that God's Word says a lot about itself, right? That it's a lamp to our feet. It's a guide. It's truth, right? The truth of God's Word. That's a good thing for our life. How many of you guys have been impacted by the Bible or by the truth of God's Word in your lives? Amen? Let me see a show of hands. Give me emoji online, all right? Yes, we have. The Word of God is our anchor. It's our foundation. Without the word, we have a bunch of emotionalism, a bunch of spiritualism, a bunch of feelings and vibes. But without the word of God, our life really doesn't change. And our minds can never be renewed without the word of God. Amen? How many of you guys know that you've also experienced God's love in your life at one point or another, right? We were even singing about it this morning. God loves you. Amen? The love of Christ, right? God's response to us, and then his call for us to respond to those of us outside the four walls of the church amen to love others like he loved us and so we're talking about truth and love and after defining them they're both really good so like our polarizing culture be like which one are you going to do like which one where do you camp out on and and whether we like this or not by default by our wiring we often lean one way or the other right let's just be honest some people are more the truth camp all right and this, there's no judgment on any of this. Let's just locate where we're at, right? You, you, you yourself might resonate with one side or the other. If you're in the truth camp, you might be one of those people like, hey, I'm a little more black and white, you know what I'm saying? Tell me how it is, cut the fluff, give it to me straight, right? Like, like I don't want any of that. I, I am truth, and the truth does not change, which is true. And, and this is it, and get over it, right? Like, line up to it, right? There's more people that are a little more direct, right, that, and you'd say, I land in the truth camp, all right? Then let's go on the whole other end of the spectrum, right? Maybe you find yourself in the love camp. You're like, wow, God loves me and he loves everybody. And it's, it's all about love, man. Like I, I could care less what those scripture says about this thing. Just love, right? Like peace, groovy man, right? Like, like, like just love, right? It's all about love and there's nothing wrong with love. But, but it's negating the whole fact that there is a truth element to life, right? And so we may find ourselves on one end of the spectrum or maybe somewhere in the middle. But what I believe is both sides have valid points. Both sides have flaws. Both sides working together, however, in a both and scenario in our life can really be a powerful force for good in our lives and in our communities and in our world. And so which is it? That's the question we're asking and wrestling with today. Which is it? Is it truth or is it love? Truth or love? And everybody say both and. I'm just throwing it out there, right? It's not truth or love. It is truth and love. And we're going to look to the scriptures today. God wants us and desires for us to walk in both truth and love to others in our lives. And so I got two main things that I really feel like the Lord wants us to take away today. The first one is this. If you're, if you're taking notes, message is just truth and love. Just keep it real easy. Both and series. But the first point is this truth and love should be a both and, not an either or. Truth and love should be a both and, not an either or, right? In our culture that we talked about earlier, which strongly disagree with us on this and would fight us tooth and nail to just pick a side. But you you can't just stand in the middle. You got to take a side. Come on, brother, take a side, right? It's like, hey, let's look at the scriptures. Let's look at Jesus. Let's look at his example. Let's look at the word and really see if that is the best way to reach a bunch of people for Jesus and share his love and to really help bring real everlasting life change to our lives and others if we're called to just pick a side. And so I want to look at what the Holy Spirit encourages the church or the body believers through the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 4. So if you got your Bibles, you go ahead and turn there. We will have the verses for the screen here. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4 and look at verses 11 through 15. And Paul's speaking and he's saying, and he himself, Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some to prophets, some evangelists, some teachers. Uh, Some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man, to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14. That we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, By the trickery of men in the cunningness and craftiness of deceitful plotting. But verse 15 is what kind of hit me recently in this element of truth and love. He goes on, he says, but speaking the truth in, what is it? Wait, wait, I couldn't hear it. What is it? Wait, wait, one more time. Love. Love, speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. There's a lot in there but man when we come to this topic of truth in love it really comes down to the issue of our spiritual maturity right I think we all want to be mature spiritually amen right I didn't come I want to come to church and just be the most immature spiritual person ever no like our goal is to grow in Christ right Paul is getting up in our grill as believers in a really good way and he's saying hey if you want to be spiritually mature you speak the truth in love it's a both and proposition, not a one and the other. Paul didn't say, hey, to grow up, we just need to speak the truth. He didn't say just to grow up, we just need to walk in love. He said, speaking the truth in love. Somebody say both and. Both and, right? And in this passage of scripture, speaking the truth in love is contrasted to spiritual immaturity. Basically, he's saying you're still children if you're not doing it together, right? And that's a challenge to us and that stirs me up in a healthy way to be like, man, I wanna grow up spiritually. I wanna be a spiritually mature believer and this truth and love thing, I gotta wrestle with this. And I got to get this right in my life if I'm ever going to be a faithful witness for Christ, right? And so God desires that we operate in both of these, right? Uh, Two quotes that really help us understand the magnitude of the whole truth and love scenarios and the different sides of the spectrum. Uh, Both are theologians. Some of you guys may know these names, some of you guys not, but I really like how they put this. First one is uh, from Warren Wiersbe, a theologian uh, out of Chicago. He said, truth without love is brutality, And love without truth is hypocrisy. I thought that was really challenging. So truth without love is brutality, and love without truth is hypocrisy. We'll talk about what that means in a second. The other quote I want to share is from Tim Keller. A lot of you guys are familiar with Timothy Keller. He said, love without truth is just sentimentality, all right, just being sentimental. It supports and affirms, but it keeps us in denial about our flaws, Truth without love is harshness. It gives us information, but in such a way that we cannot really hear it. And I really have been wrestling with this, and I've really been diving deeper. Let's take a deeper dive into these two arguments where we just want truth or we just want love, but we don't want to walk the both end and what they can really do in our lives. And so truth without love from these guys, is either brutality or its harshness. Basically, aka, truth without love is mean. Hello, right? Truth without any element in, of love sprinkled in with it is really mean, right? And let's, let's bring it down on our level. Let's, let's get on a relational parallel here. Imagine your best friend only relates to you on the basis of truth, okay? What would that relationship look like, all right? Go with me, He or she would obviously be very insightful of accurately assessing your strengths and your weaknesses and your flaws, right? But their assessments would probably never actually help you out, right? Why? Because you, they wouldn't care how their words spoken to you would fall on you, right? Like, like they would just drop bombs, and if they hurt you, they're like, oh, well, get over it. That's the truth, right? And, and that wouldn't be a very healthy friendship. I don't see much life change happening in, a, in an environment, in an attitude where only truth and hard truth is shared without any love sprinkled into it, right? It's, it's brutality. It's, it's being mean, right? Because it's not helpful. Because why? It's hard to receive. And as I went back to 1 Corinthians 13 this week and looked through what is called the love chapter, right? Paul's teaching a lot about what love is and the God kind of love and, and the characters and qualities and, and all of that of that love. And in 1 Corinthians 13 too, he says, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, he says, "I am nothing." That's challenging, isn't it? What is he saying there? Hey, if, if I if I have uh, prophecy, if I have spiritual gifts, if if I have can fathom all the mysteries and knowledge, basically saying, if I know the truth, yet I don't have love, I am nothing. Man, that that rocks my world as a believer, doesn't it? Because we know the truth. Bless God, we're going to go with the truth. God, we're going to stand on the truth. I'm not saying we're not doing that, but the attitude, the element, the delivery, the heart, the, 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 the posture that we approach different people and different subjects in culture, man, it's challenged when we get real with the scriptures, right? If we don't have love, we really aren't anything, right? Let's flip the script on that. What about love without truth, Right? Love without truth is hypocrisy. What does that mean? It means you say one thing, but you do another thing, right? Let's go back to our example of our best friend. Imagine our relationship with our best friend was solely on the basis of love only and not truth, right? Now, that would be really cool because it'd probably make us feel really good about ourselves and about this person, right? This person would always be encouraging us. This person would always be affirming us, right? They would overlook our flaws. They would overlook our shortcomings, right? Uh, but they would often simply leave things just left unsaid because they don't want you to feel bad, right? And and, and you would probably enjoy being around this friend, but in actuality, you would probably wouldn't very grow very much. Why? Because the truth because truth means so little to this friend of yours that they would leave things unsaid and undone simply so that they wouldn't ruffle your feathers and at the at the end of it they're they're giving you love but at the expense of truth something that might really help you out and grow you further in your life do you see the danger of camping out in just one side or the other just truth or or just love and we see in 1 Corinthians 13:6 later in the love chapter Paul says love does not delight in evil but it rejoices in the what in the truth love does not delight in evil it rejoices in the truth Right? It's impossible to generally love somebody without honoring the truth. Why? Because, because basically what the scripture said, that, 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 that we're downplaying, if we're downplaying truth, we're not truly loving somebody because love wants the best for that person. Amen? And so this truth and love thing can be very hard to get our handle around, but it is the both and, right? We don't want to be a hypocrite and start sinning against love because we don't ever give the truth to somebody, Right? And so there's just some things in life that just go good together. Amen. Like like Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Let's go, right? Like like eggs and bacon. Can I go out? is this good preaching? Anybody get hungry? Come on. Chips and dip. Can I get an amen? Any tailgates going on? Let's go. Like there's some things that just it's not either or it's both and. Amen. Like, you, you know what I'm getting here? And, and, and to help us illustrate this, some of you guys are like, why am I holding Play-Doh the whole service, Pastor? Like, what is this, kids' church? Hey, uh, I want you guys to get out your Play-Doh. And uh, why am I doing this? Because as I look to the scriptures and Jesus' example, he often taught in parables or different stories, and he often used object lessons. Look at that tree. Check out this. Look at this. And so I'm like, what could, what could speak to any generation that we have in the room? What does everybody understand? Most of us understand Plato. right? I don't care if you're two or like 200 years old, amen? That's unscriptural, right? Um, you understand Plato, right? How many of you guys love a, a good a tub of Play-Doh or some Play-Doh? Come on, let me see a show of hands. Don't be ashamed, all right? This, there's no judgment here, all right? In the Giso household, Play-Doh's been, like, awesome, all right? Basically for the last decade because our oldest is 10, all right? And so we we have a lot of Play-Doh. We've had a lot of dried-out Play-Doh. We've had a lot of Play-Doh stains. We've had had a lot of Play-Doh jammed in the thing that you bought that just got yesterday, and now it doesn't work because you let it get hard and all that. We've had a lot of that, all right? You guys know what I'm talking about here. But who doesn't love them some Play-Doh, all right? And uh, a few weeks ago, Eric and I were at home, and uh, we were meeting at the kitchen table. We were working from home that day. Uh, Ezra, our youngest, was with us. And he was in the other room playing with Play-Doh. And we're actually talking about October and praying about, Lord, like, what where are we going with both? And we're actually talking about truth and love and just kind of just hashing the series out and kind of going back and forth. they like, what, what does that look like? How do we preach that? How do we teach that? How do we communicate that? And in the midst of that, Ezra, our, our youngest son, he's in the other room and he's playing with Play-Doh, right? We, he loves it. He can stay busy with that for hours so mom and dad can get some work done, praise God, right? And about halfway through that meeting, we're like wrestling with that. He comes in and he's got this lump of Play-Doh and it's two colors all mixed together like a hot mess, all right? And he looks to Erica and he says, mommy, fix it. And you're like, oh, that's so cute. And, and, and Erica lovingly, she's so good. She's like, honey, it's okay. You don't have to fix it, right? Once they're kind of mixed together, you really can't separate them. And as she said that, we kind of like both looked at each other as he walked away kind of confidently like, it's okay to mix it, right? And he went back to do make his little hamburger thing that he'd bring out and pretend like we'd have to eat it, right? Um... We looked at each other, and we both said, that will preach. And we were talking about truth and love. And so I want to demonstrate this for you. So the moment you've all been waiting for, all right, why don't you get out your Play-Doh and hold them in two different palms of your hand, all right? So hopefully you got two different colors. Otherwise, the illustration really flops on its face, all right? So if you need to go trade out right now, an usher can help you with that, all right? But get your Play-Doh out, all right? I'm going to get mine out. Don't you love that smell? It's so nostalgic. Wow, it's like childhood. Tamara, what are you talking about? I played with this last night. All right, so you got your two lumps of Play-Doh, right? For me, I've got uh, maize and blue. Hallelujah, praise God. For some of you, you grabbed green and white, right? I'm I'm glad they didn't have silver and red in our tub because there'll be a prayer line for you guys later if you guys know what that team represents. But um, I've got... I've got two different color Play-Dohs, right? you got two different colors as well. What does it show about your character? I don't know. Is there there any meaning in the colors you grab? Probably, right? What does that mean? What what number are you on the anagram? I don't know, all right? I don't care about that. All I need to know is you got two different colors, right? Jesus calls us as believers to walk in truth and love. And so one of those balls, lumps of Play-Doh, equals truth. And one of them equals love. Both are great, In their own separate natures, right? Both are good things. Who doesn't love two balls of play-doh? Come on, we could do a lot with this, right? God calls us to walk in both truth and love. And so, what some of your personality profiles are gonna cringe right now. But what I'm gonna invite you to do, if you got play-doh at home, go ahead, whip it out, do this too. I want you to, in the next few moments, mix these two lumps together. It's okay, you get to take this with you. We're not mad about it, all right? So go ahead and start mixing those two colors together and really, really work it around, all right? Really, really work it around. Some of you guys are cringing right now. You're like, gosh, Pastor, why are you, why, you can't do that, right? You can't do that, all right? So once you got a pretty good mix there, just hold it in your hand and look at that hunk, all right? Why are we doing this today? Because this is how Jesus, has called us to live our life. Love and truth. How, how many of you guys know, even if you work for the rest of the service, it's going to be really hard to get both of those two colors out and separated. Amen? Some of you might try it and take me up on the challenge, right? If you didn't mix it that good, it's easy, right? So don't, don't, don't give me one of those. If you really mixed it in there, it's in there. And, and God's not mad that it's mixed together. He's delighted that it's mixed together because he said, hey, if we're going to be mature believers We're going to live life in both truth and love. And so every time you're playing with Play-Doh or encounter Play-Doh or if you need to take this with you this week and put it on your dash or put it on uh, your desk or pull it out and look at it as you're about to have a hard conversation with somebody or somebody wrote something on your social media wall that you can't, you can't stand or shared something, you need to get out this Play-Doh and realize, hey, if I want to grow up spiritually, I must operate in both truth and love. And I can't separate them. And that is a good thing. Amen. When I'm, when I'm talking with my family members and my spouse, truth And love. Don't forget the love. Amen. Right when I'm meeting with that coworker, truth and love. Right when that thing is shared on social media, I can't stand. I don't believe a word of it. I can't believe they put that truth and love in my comment if I even do comment. Hello. Right. Truth and love out. And God has called us to a both and. Everybody say both and. All right. You can put it back. I don't. Which one do we put it in? I don't know. I'm going to put it all in one. All right. Sometimes it doesn't fit. Maybe you need to get half of that there. But hopefully this illustration shows you that although it's fun, it it gets real. It's a visual for us that God wants us to mix both together. But here's what I've learned. It's real easy to understand it about love and truth working together. It's a whole other thing to actually walk it out in your life. Can I get an amen? That is where the rubber or the Play-Doh meets the road, all right? That is where it gets tough. And so this is the number two thing I want us to take away today. My last thing is this, number two. We need Jesus' help to walk in both truth and love, amen? We need Jesus' help. We cannot do this in our own strength, right? As we talked about early, we will default one way or the other. Give them the truth, brother. No, just love them, brother. No, we need both, if we're ever going to go anywhere with God, if we're ever going to accomplish anything with God, if we're ever going to really become who he's called us to be, we need both truth and we need love, right? And so in one situation where truth is needed, we might just throw a gutter ball and love that person. Where one situation where love is really needed, uh, we just hammer them with the truth and walk away and hope they can swallow the steak, right? And, 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 and I believe God's like, man, there's a higher way. There's a better way. And he's challenging us as a community of believers to really lean into this and say, Lord, what does that look like for our context? But have you ever heard the word sanctification? Anybody heard the word sanctification? It's just like this big churchy Christian holy word that literally means simply this becoming more and more like Christ as we get further down in the road in our life. Becoming more like Christ. How many of you guys know sanctification is a process? Amen? It ain't a quick microwave overnight thing. God's working on me, he's working on you. As we wake up each day and choose to worship him and look to his scriptures and his guide, he is working on us, right? And just like that Play-Doh, he's molding us, he's shaping us, right? He's the potter, we're the clay. And he's saying, hey, I wanna get both love and truth all up in our hearts, all up in our minds. I wanna get that up in there because whatever's in us will come out of us, amen? Whether we like it or not, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Right? And so why do we need Jesus' help? Because he is the one that is fully qualified to help us, right? Jesus is our example. Jesus is our model, right? And he is the one, if we believe in him, if we're believer, if for a Christian, guess what? Jesus lives on the inside of us. Why is that so powerful? Because of this. A couple scriptures that Jesus spoke out of his own mouth and one that a really close disciple of his, John, spoke about him. A lot of us are familiar with these, but I think it's important to remind ourselves of who do we have living on the inside of us who said, I will help you. The first one is John chapter 14, verse 6. We know that Jesus said unto him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Jesus didn't say, I just have truth. He said, I am the truth he lives on the inside right then we look at John 15:13 Jesus says greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus said, hey, I'm going to take the cake and lay it all down for the people I love that I came to save, right? And I'm going to love them, even though they don't maybe are walking, they're not walking in the truth. They have no relation of it. I am going to love them. And so Jesus, and then we know that John says later in first John 4, 8, he says, he who does not love does not know God for God is love. You now I hit you with a lot of scripture there in a moment. So we're saying Jesus says, I am the truth, and Jesus is love. And if we believe in Jesus, that's what we have living on the inside of us. We have untapped the potential inside of us of walking in both truth and love to an outside world. A deeper, more philosophical way to explain it is Jesus is both truth and love personified you guys know what personification means right it means giving a human character or trait to something that's not human love love is not human truth is not human but jesus was truth and love walking in the flesh Amen? He came and and did both, and he navigated. He had so many intense encounters with people that hated him, wanted to kill him, felt unworthy to be in his, and he had both the truth on lock and love on lock, and his interactions were so powerful, so life-giving, right? Being both truth and love, and when when we have that living on the inside of us, we have that revelation reminder this morning, it gives you and I hope. Amen? I am excited, not because I'm winning at this, because I got the winner living on the side of me. Amen? I'm on the right team. I'm on the right side. The the love and the truth is in there. The mixed Play-Doh is in there somewhere. Lord, please bring it out. Our world and our culture needs it more than ever. And here's one thing I do want to say. Hey, just realize this. Jesus never compromised the word of God. Jesus... Never backed down from the word. He never shied away from it. He never watered it down, right? He did speak and teach the word of God. We see that all throughout the scriptures. But he did it. In love, right? Jesus didn't put it on people. He didn't shove it down their throats. Jesus wasn't walking through cities with a bullhorn saying, this is the truth. Get with it or get out, right? No, he, he had interaction. He had conversation. Many times in scripture, it says he was moved with compassion. I feel like that's a form of love. He was moved with love, yet he didn't leave them just hanging in love. He always gave them the word and the truth and pointed people back to who? Himself who brought true fulfillment and eternal salvation, right? He was never motivated by being right. He was motivated by loving people and sharing the truth with them, which was ultimately loving them because they would point him to a, point them to a higher way amen that 's the God we serve and for time's sake we don 't have to go we 're not going to be able to go here for for time's sake but Two stories that I think a lot of us are familiar with, I just wanted to mention. Great for further study if you're struggling with this truth and love. And Lord, how can I interact like Jesus did? The first one is found in John 8. It's when uh, the woman who's caught in the act of adultery is thrown before Jesus. A lot of us know this scene, right? All the religious leaders are like, hey, the truth of Moses' law says, let's stone her, let's kill her, right? Jesus, what do you say? And he writes and stuff and he says hey he who is without sin why don't you throw the first stone and what happened guys start dropping rocks all over the place and walking out because we all have our issues amen and he's left here with this woman who's been living this ungodly lifestyle yes but he says woman where are your accusers has no one condemned me you And, and she says lord no one and jesus says neither do i go sinning no more Jesus, It's one of the most loving interactions in Scripture. He, he shares the truth in love. He leads with love. He doesn't look the other way of her lifestyle that wasn't up to par with God's word. He says, go sin no more. He does call it out and present truth. But he says, hey, go to this higher way. Come find true fulfillment in me. You are forgiven. You are not condemned. You are not judged. You are free. Amen. And he interacts in both love and truth. Then we see the woman at the well in John chapter 4. The Samaritan woman. And we know that from cultural scripture, Jews and Samaritans weren't supposed to mix like that Play-Doh at all. Like Jews were not supposed to talk to Samaritan. They were like lower on the totem pole there uh, in society. And Jesus goes out of his way to go sit at Jacob's well and have a conversation with this woman. That alone is love. That's weird love to the culture. on. His disciples came back like, what is going on? Why is he talking to, one, she's a woman, he's alone with her. And two, she's a Samaritan. What is going on here, Jesus, right? And, and he loves her and he's listening to her, right? And he, he cares for her. He asks for a drink and he talks to her about living water and the water that he brings, trying to get her attention off of her issues. And he says, why don't you go tell your husband? She's like, I don't, I don't have a husband. He's like, you're right. You've had five husbands and the guy you're with right now ain't your husband. And she's like, what? <laughs> and she's like, shoot, I perceive you're a prophet. <laughs> AKA, you just read my mail. Ever had that happen before? <laughs> Somebody just knows what's going on in your life spiritually. And, and, and what does he do? Does he condemn her? No, he lovingly speaks to her. And he shows her a way that she needs new life and forgiveness and fulfillment found in him, the living water, the Messiah. I, I think Jesus is a great example for us because... He, he met a lot of people that were rough around the edges, just like us, that had lifestyles that didn't line up to God's real purpose and truth for our lives, yet he didn't judge them out the door, he didn't, he didn't condemn them out the door, he didn't just hit them with a truth bomb and let it blow up and hope that the pieces mend themselves together. He was very vigilant and intentional in his interactions with every person, and it always came down to a human relational conversational level rarely do I see Jesus just shouting blaking statements and hoping everybody gets it. He did preach on the mountaintops to the masses and crowds and say some things, but he was never too busy to get in with the person. And I don't know about you guys, but it, it challenges me to the core when I see my master, and my savior, walking in both truth and love in almost every situation in scripture. And that I know that he lives on the inside of me and he wants what's best for us. And so there's hope Paul calls us to spiritual maturity to grow up in these things. And so real quickly, as we end today, what does all this mean? Why, why are we talking about truth and love as this first both and? It's because it affects everything we do. It affects how we think about other people. It affects how we talk to them, how we treat them, right? And how we interact with the world that needs a savior. It really affects how we as Christians approach those people. And it's a big deal to God. So it should be a big deal to us, Right? It affects how we talk, right? Like, can we be real? I don't think God is after a bunch of Bible-thumping, word-judging believers. He's after Bible-thumping, word-knowing, loving believers that share both truth and love with a dying world that that does not know the truth, but he's not after people for judgment, right? As we we're talking about this series, I wanted to kind of go the angle of... Um, confession and compassion. Really, when I look at the word truth and love, I see confession, right? And as believers, we really get into this, and this is good personally, to confess the word, to hold fast to our confession. Just say, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Yeah, we can get off on that cam, get really excited. But in our interactions with people, we cannot forget the love and the compassion, right? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 through 25 says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Then in verse 24, he says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love in good works. I found that confession works great in my personal life, but it's a horrible evangelism tool to somebody out there who doesn't understand the word of God. Can I get an amen on that? So we hold fast to what we believe. We don't ever compromise the word, but we stir up that word and we stir up love to share that with the world that does not understand that. Does that make sense? And it's sometimes not always what you say, but it's how you say it that really makes the difference or the impact right i believe i believe the prophet mary poppins once said that a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down we might have the medicine the truth the word of god the believe it receive it brother but if we don't give a little medicine of love it's ever going to be hard for that child in the faith the one that doesn't even believe, to ever take that medicine that really will ultimately help them in the long run amen we get that analogy So may we have speech and interaction with people that is seasoned with love and with grace. It, It affects how we treat people. I've always been taught this. People could care less how much you know until they know how much you care, amen? right? That heartfelt relationship. Let me get down. What are you going through? Let me listen. Let me empathize. I know what the word says and the truth, but we're going to get there. But Jesus was so patient and he was so listening and he had a listening ear and he was always trying to figure out how to move people towards God's best way for them, but do it in an unjudgmental way, right? I don't think people look in and care less about how much scripture we've memorized or how much we could just quote off on the drop of a hat. They're looking at how we love, right? They would know us as disciples by our Love, right? And kind of lastly, why is love and truth so big? It, it, honestly, guys, I'm stirred up because there's such a world out there that needs the hope of Christ more than ever right now. And it really does affect our Christian witness. The two big beef hangups that we always, when I talk to people who are non-believers, they're, un- they're, they're not saved, they're, they're not Christians. The two biggest beefs they have with Christians are number one, they're judgmental and number two, they're hypocrites. I hear this all the time. They're judgmental and they're hypocrites, right? The the judgment, the looking down on somebody because they're not living a certain way according to God's word or they might live a lifestyle different from you or they might have voted for somebody different from you or they might agree about this issue or that somewhere different with you. That is a big deal. Here's the deal. God is called to be judged. We're not called to be judged, amen? Here's what I have learned the hard way. Judgment has never been a good way to bring people to Christ. Amen? Amen? The presence of judgment always means the almost always means the absence of love. I cannot judge somebody and love somebody at the same time. Truthfully, genuinely, right? Because if I'm judging, them, I'm already making a call on what they are, what their motive was, and why they're in that situation. I'm being God in their life, not letting God be God in their life, and so my love has been sucked from that situation. And now I'm just trying to judge them to Christ. How many of you guys know people don't like to be forced and coerced into anything, amen? That's not the right way to, to do that. And so the good rule of uh, thumb, if we're judging somebody, we're not loving them and we cannot judge and love somebody at the same time. And so we gotta catch ourselves. Very few people get judged into life change. A whole lot of people get loved into it, amen? Aren't you thankful? It's the love of Christ that draws us, right? The word of God lines us up and renews our mind, but it's the love of Christ that we all respond to. And eventually one day do something in our hearts and this doesn't just affect human interaction because unfortunately i say this unfortunately these are tools and gifts most of the interactions where love or truth is being displayed doesn't even happen human to human anymore it happens on the internet on a thing in a platform of some form called social media where we can hide behind this electronic wall and say things and share things and blanket statement things out there with no context and expect to bring a whole world to Jesus with no background story, with no care and concern. Well, bless God, people just need to know it. They just need to know it. They just need to know the truth. Yes, we do need to know the truth because the truth sets us free. But how we do it is so much more important, amen? Some things are left unshared. Some things are better left unsaid. Some things are more of a conversation versus a blanket statement, Amen. I'm learning this more and more every day. People do not like to get judged into life change. They love when people care about them and have conversation, real meaningful conversation. And so may we, Lord, forgive us. May we watch what we tweet, what we post, what we share, what we like, what we don't like. And let us just walk out with love and truth. And remember that Plato, amen, that mix. Once you put them together, you cannot separate them. And that's okay, because God wants us to walk in both love and and truth, amen. Let me pray for us because we need God's help for all of this. Father, we love you so much and we just thank you for today. Thank you for just stirring us up and challenging us with this concept, Lord, of both and. Lord, as believers and followers of you, Lord Jesus, you haven't called us just to preach the truth or just walk in love. You've called us to do both if we want to be mature believers. It's way easier to just truth somebody or love somebody, but to do it both really takes some heart change on our part, Lord. Some, some you ministering to us, you changing us, you getting the things of the world and culture off of us and us understanding the culture of the kingdom, Father God. And Lord, we ask you, Lord Jesus, because if we believe in you, you live in us. And so we ask you, Lord, to pull out the gold that's already within our spirits because we've been born again. Pull out the love and the truth. Jesus, you were love and truth personified. You walked this earth as truth and love. You interacted with people in the gospels in truth and love, Father God. And you called us to follow your lead and example. And so, Father, I just ask you to do a supernatural work in us right now. Renew our heart, renew that steadfast spirit within us. Renew our minds to this, Father. God, may we be a church at Alive that knows how to navigate both love and truth. May we be a community of believers, Father that doesn't get caught up in the petty fights and just the truth or just the love, but Lord can balance and do the both and, and we're okay with the tension, the hard tension of walking the thin line of both truth and love as we present Christ to a world that desperately needs it. Father, do a work in us. Holy Spirit, stir up a passion for people in our hearts and help us love and share truth with them. It's not easy, but you did it and you live in us and so you promised to be with us and help us in every area of our life. And so we just receive it by faith right now. A fresh spirit and a fresh dose of mixed in truth and love and the right attitude and the right tone and posture as we share Christ and his word with the world that desperately needs it. Father, we love you. We praise you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. We receive it by faith. Amen. Does anybody get stirred up or challenged by this today? Praise God. I know I did. Preaching to myself, we need to hear it. Amen. Please catch the heart and the spirit that is communicated. It's in love because we all want to grow. Amen. Sometimes we need to hear the truth to, to, to grow and to go to the next level with God. And so, hey, we never like to end service with just a, open invitation and who's that for it's for anybody who's never put their faith and trust in jesus if you're here in person or maybe you're watching this later online or tuning in right now and you don't know that jesus is your lord and savior you haven't experienced the truth and the love of the savior and the messiah we talk about he's here he loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you that's step one on this whole journey and process and so out of reverence of this moment everybody could just bow your heads and close your eyes Line no moving around. May you reverence this moment as well. If you're here today, you're tuning in today, and you'd be honest and say, you know, I don't know if I've ever received Jesus. I don't know if I'd spent eternity in heaven. I, I don't have that love and truth living in my heart, and I want to receive it. Or maybe you did at one point in your life, but it's been years, months, seasons since you've worshipped God and called upon Him, and you want to return home and you want to come back and rededicate your life to the Lord. On either of those invitations. If that's you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just slip up your hand so I know who I can pray with this morning? And online as well, just the hand of your heart, raise that up. And let's pray this prayer all together as a church family. Say this Heavenly Father, thank you for your Son Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, come into my heart, change my life, and help me walk in both truth and love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's celebrate those that went public with their faith or declare that in their hearts and their spirits. Praise God. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.